5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Be seated. Um, I was tapped to uh, make a reminder announcement before we jump into our lesson today. Uh, we've got a wedding going on. Kelton and Rhea are getting married uh, here this next Saturday. And so if you have not RSVP'd, please do that because it's it's a tough deal if there's a a great a number of people that show up for that joyous occasion and there's not enough food. So just RSVP, it helps uh, make sure that there's enough food there for everybody to have a great time and enjoy the um, celebrating their, their, their joy together. Um, there is a, we're going to take a time out from Romans this morning. Uh, this fall and, and to part of the winter we'll be going through the book of Romans. But uh, the, one of the, the elders approached me uh, during this week and said, hey, we're going to call a timeout. We're going to call an audible because there's a few things we just want uh, just, just to, to lay out before the congregation, some really positive things and, and things that we can be praying for. Um, and so I'm going to use James chapter 5 is where we're going to be at to walk through some of this. And, um, and so I'll, I'll talk about a little bit of that as we go along. But there is uh, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20 is what we're going to look at. And this is a passage of scripture that's always fascinated me. There's parts of it that I don't understand and still don't, and I'll share that as we go along and, and get there. But there's some questions that James starts with here in these verses. And he says, one of the questions is, uh, there in verse 13, is any one of you among you in trouble? Let them... Let them praise you, and happy, let them sing songs of praise of anyone among you sick. So we're going to hit those questions there. But the first one he asks uh, here is, is anyone among you in trouble? And we'll, again, we'll come back to that. In fact, let me just read through this, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll break it apart as we go along here. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Okay, so one of the questions is, is any one of you happy? Then 
the counsel that James gives here is just to sing songs of praise. And can you, can you relate to that? Yes, when we're happy, singing helps us remind us, helps remind us why we're happy. And I know some of us, that comes more naturally than others. I'm sure that John Free, whenever he's been happy in his life, he's just burst forth in song. Is that about how it works? That's about how it works, right. Some of us have to work at it a little more than that. You know, some of us are gifted that way. But that is something I've found, is that when I, when I find myself in situations in life where things are going well, it's easy for me to remember or to forget why those things are going well or why, things, uh, why I'm surrounded by so many blessings. And singing songs to, pray, to praise to God, what it helps me remember is, oh yeah, I am, I, I'm so blessed in life and things are going so well for me because God's blessings are showered around me all over the place. I need to give credit to God for all of this. And there's some things that have made this easier for us, I think, in our day and time. Do you remember the time, now if you're really young, you won't remember this time, but do you remember the time when you used to drive by somebody, like on the interstate, pass them on the interstate, for example, or uh, you're parked next to somebody at a stop sign or stoplight, and you look next to them and they're talking and you think, wow, that person's talking to themselves. How weird is that? Can you remember those days? You didn't have that? Okay, right, exactly. But now, you know what's amazing now is you pull up next to somebody at a stop, stoplight and they're always talking to somebody. But we know that they're not talking to themselves. They have an earbud in or their phone is, is wired or their, their, excuse me, their vehicle is wired. How many of you have vehicles that are wired for technology that you can just, your blue, it, the Bluetooth, however, connects with? I still have a tape deck in my truck if that gives you an indicator, okay? You guys, do you guys know what a tape deck is? You do? You do? Yeah, it's ancient. It's ancient. Yeah, they find them in, in museums now and stuff, right? And that's, but it's amazing that we can go along now and drive along and sing, and nobody will look, really look at us any different than we normally do because we're usually talking on the phone as we're driving along in the car. And so that's a great time for us to be able to sing and to remember why God is blessing us so greatly. So James's counsel here, if you're happy, then sing songs of praise to God and remember, remember why you're happy and remember all the good things that God has done for you. There's another uh, question in here. Is any one of you in trouble? So if you're in trouble, this is the counsel that James gives here. First of all, we need to pray. Uh, that is, the more we learn as people of God to make prayer a first response than the last response, the more life works for us or the more things make sense. It's, it's a tendency for us at times to say, I'm a rugged individualist and I'm going to handle my own problem, I'm going to deal with this, instead of just calling the time out and say, all right, I've got some situations that are on my heart right now, I'm just going to call a time out and I'm going to start with prayer. When we start with prayer, it's inviting God into our, our situation. And we find, I find myself that things go a whole lot better than if I just try to fix things myself. So we start with prayer and then... We practice confession. Uh, that is something that I think in any society, in any place in the world, is a difficult thing to be able to do. Because what happens is, if we've got sin in our life, and that's oftentimes where trouble comes from, is we have to share that, and we just do, don't like to share that. We would rather not show weakness. We'd rather not show vulnerability. In fact, um, I think one of... Uh, Young people in the teen class uh, confessed to that this morning. Yeah, teens can confess, okay, believe it. You know, they, they, some tremendous insights. Uh, that sometimes we can be filled with pride and we just uh, we miss on, on, on confession and, and we, 
decide that we're we're not going to share um, our own shortcomings uh, because it's uh, we just prefer not to do that. There's different ways to confess, and I was on my mind uh, this week was um, I know Lisa Lopez had a letter read last week, and Mark Music the week before that shared some things that are just on their heart, just some confession. And as a people, it is so important that we embrace confession. Um, and there's times where um, that just sitting across the table from somebody or, or speaking to your husband or wife is not going to cut it, and there's the burden is so great that you just need to share. Okay? And that's why um, when um, I, at the end of a lesson, oftentimes I'll say, if you want, to, want prayers, come forward. You're welcome to come forward. That, that really is a genuine invitation on behalf of the church to come forward and and have the elders pray for you. And if you don't want to, you can go to the back. And there's, I know that Dan and Mark are always standing back there for anybody who wants to come back and wants prayers and, uh, and wants to share something. There's, there's always people around that are, that are welcoming that. And sometimes that's important. And there's a healing that can come from that that is powerful uh, because it's like mold. Mold grows in the dark. Any of you ever had mold in your house? It's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's bad stuff. But what happens is when you open it up to the light, you deal with it. Mold can't grow in those circumstances. And the same is true with the stuff that's inside of us. If there's burdens that, uh, that we just feel like, man, I'm in trouble, and maybe it's sinful, maybe it's not, but we just don't know what to do with it, sharing that and inviting other people in to, to pray with us is, is very healing during those times. Uh, sometimes we, we can share that. Uh, publicly, like in the assembly here, sometimes we just do that just between the between us, just between a few people. I know that I've uh, uh, I, I like this picture up here. Keep calm and confess now, <laughs> because um, there's a, that I, I wrestle with that, uh, and I know that as my kids get older and we try to figure each other out um, and try to walk through what life is about together and all that, um, I found that. It's very important for me, even though very uncomfortable, to confess to my children when I step out of line. Um, and, and there was a conversation that I had with my daughter not too long ago. I said, look, here's the deal. I didn't handle this right, and I should have handled this better uh, in, in the way that you and I interacted. And understand, I ask for some grace from you because I've never raised a daughter before. This is my first time. And I don't have a lot of experience with this. I've never raised a 12-year-old daughter before. So I'm working on this, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing this. And, and help me, let's walk along this together, and let's try to do this together. And you know, confessing that didn't kill me. It actually was very liberating, and it was very good. And it was very healing for me, uh, and hopefully for my daughter as well, as we, we try to walk through some of that together. Um, fellas, ladies, find people that that are godly people, that are mature people, that you can confess to. Something's on your heart that you can call up, you can meet for coffee, that you share. Just say, hey, this is going on in my heart, this is going on in my head, Would you pray? can we pray about it together? And it's amazing how God works in those situations to change the course of our life. The people that I know that have had the, the, biggest, uh, uh, the biggest disasters personally in their own life, moral disasters, are people that oftentimes tried to show a picture of this is where I'm at, this is how I look, this is look at how wonderful I am type of thing, and were not transparent with themselves or anybody else and did not practice confession. Therefore, they ended up living a way that was a lie. It wasn't the real them. 
And that's where we can hit the, the biggest disasters in our life is, is not having that, that confession that is, that is active and present in our life. Also, there's a, another type of confession here. Look at verses 19 and 20. We'll call it pursued confession. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover, cover over a multitude of sins. Hey, there's times in my life I know that, uh, and maybe you can relate to this, is that the best thing in the world was for me to get caught. Because I wasn't in the mood to confess, I wasn't in the mood to change, but all of a sudden I got caught and I realized, oh no, things are different now. I've got to, I've got to change up, I've got to come clean, I've got to do all of that. And so there is a, it is the responsibility for all of us who are Christians, when we see someone else who is a, who is a godly person, who is a Christian, when we see something in their, in their life, and I'm talking about sins that are going to lead them down the road to destruction. Now, what I'm not talking about is we nitpick with everything that we see with everybody else. Okay, that's different. That's totally different. But we see a legitimate, okay, this is, there's something that's going wrong here, and I see some indicators that this person may be walking back to the dark side. Now, oftentimes when, when Satan has his hooks in us and we're not sure what to do with it, we have a tendency to throw things out there so that someone will come and give us the come-to-Jesus talk, you know? And we need, we're, we're begging for somebody to come and just say, look, I'm, I see this. I saw this on Facebook, for example. And uh, it's amazing the things we share on Facebook, isn't it? You know, there's, it's a good tool for, for some of that. I saw this on Facebook, and um, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about where you're at spiritually. Can I pray with you? What's going on? And walk through that with people. And I found that at times there's people have approached me. I've really, really appreciated it because I, I knew that they were looking out for my, uh, for my spiritual well-being. And has everybody always approached me in a way that was the most gentle or the best what? No, absolutely not. Have I ever always approached people in the way that was the most gentle, most loving, most caring? No. But they approached me and I appreciated them for that. And so uh, for us, we can always try to approach in the way that's going to be the most gentle and most loving. But the biggest thing is that we make sure that if we see someone sliding, going down a road that's going to lead to destruction, that we say something. Is that we, uh, we try to uh, approach there and, and, and pray with them out of a caring spirit. Okay, so that's, that's some uh, parts of a confession that are, that are very important. There's another question that is here, is given, if you're sick... Um, and so this is the counsel that is given here. And I want to take a time out before we jump into what, what James says here. But we're going to walk through some concepts to consider. Number one is that sometimes sin and physical sickness are connected. Okay. Now, when you read through this section of James, you get the impression that, that, there, that there's definitely a connection there. Okay. And you see that sometimes. Look at Psalm 32. Go ahead and turn there. Psalm 32. Psalm 32, I'll start reading in verse 3. And this is a, a, a psalm of confession. Psalm 32, verse 3, it says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For night and day your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my, iniqui and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. All right, so you see there is, this is, you get the impression that this, uh, 
the writer of this psalm is saying, wow, how beautiful it is, and how good I felt physically once I just confessed and I let this out. Um, there is a, a, boy, you think about, uh, there's a lot of times when sin is unconfessed that it affects us physically. We start not sleeping very well. We start worrying. We have all of these other things happen in our life. And what happens is all sorts of stuff starts building up and it affects us physically as well. And, and so sometimes physical sickness is connected with, with sin somewhere. On the other side, uh, there's times where sin and physical sickness are not connected whatsoever at all. You see this in John chapter 9 where there's a man that's born blind. Um, the, religion, the people say, Jesus, is he, did he sin or did his parents sin? He said, no one, no one. This happens so that the, grace of, the glory of God may be seen here. And so sometimes there's a connection, sometimes there's not. It's important not to read too much into that at times, but just be aware of that. And also, it's not God's will to heal everyone. Okay? We see this over and over again in Scripture, like in, in the one I have here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul is talking about how he has a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what all that is. But he says, I prayed to God three times for him to take it away from me. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, what did God say to him? No. <laughs> right, deal with it. There is some way in all of this I'm going to work. And whether it was an issue of sin or whether it was a physical problem, we don't know. There's all sorts of speculation. But whatever it was here, you know, my tendency is towards... You know, what, anyway, we can, we'll hit that when we hit First, Second Corinthians 12 another time. But Paul asked for, for, for relief from God. And God said... It wasn't that God didn't answer. God answered loud and clear. He said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I will take care of you. Because, Paul, you need this. If you look at the context there, you need this because you need humility, buddy. You need some humility that helps you, um, helps you be the person I need you to be. And Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. And so... You see, there's, there's traveling companions of Paul at times. There's people that are, that, are, that are less sick, even though Paul had a great gift of healing. And so if, think about it, if everyone that, was, that ever prayed was healed and it always happened exactly like we prayed, then there would be no sick people and all of us would live forever is, is what would happen. And so, but on the other side, we do see here in James chapter 5, that there is healing that comes from God. And when there is healing, we sure need to give credit to God. So James says, if you're sick, call the elders, have them pray over you, which we got that. We talked about prayer. Prayer is very important. It's very powerful. And anoint you in the name of the Lord. Let's, read, let's just read through that little section again here. Let's go back to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verse 14, is any one of you among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so there is, I'll tell you how this came up, and I'll, I'll share more of this here in just a second. The elders talked to me this last week and said, Hey, we're going to take a, we want you to take a time out from Romans. We'll get back to Romans. But there is, we want you to talk to the church about uh, anointing and what that is all about. 
And it was kind of this passing conversation. I thought, great, okay. Well, I've got a whole lot of questions about that myself. I guess there's no better way than to, to rectify all of that than be put on the spot and say, hey, you need to teach everybody else here this Sunday. So here we go, all right? I'm in process, and I'm working through this. But what does this mean? Because I've, I've grown up with context that we always prayed for people, and that was very, very important. But anointing someone that was sick, that was you know, most of the, the churches that I've been a part of, that it wasn't, it wasn't done necessarily because people just didn't want to do it. I don't know why. I'm not sure I have a great answer for that. But let's walk through. And in the study and research I did this last week, I asked the question, okay, what is anointing? This is what it is not, okay? There is, if you, how many of you have ever seen the Trinity Network? Have you ever watched that? Okay. For entertainment purposes only, right? Is that, okay. Not even for that, Okay. There is, just like anything else that gets publicized on TV, uh, Christendom can do that as well. And if you turn on the Trinity Network, there's people that get on there and they have a bottle of oil and people come down in these stadiums or in these big auditoriums and come down and I'll pour this oil over your head. And when I do that, everything is healed and everything is good and you don't have to go back to the doctor. Everything is fine and all uh, all is done because there's... I've prayed for this oil, and it is miraculous, and therefore I put it on your head, and boom, everything's changed and everything's done. Have you ever seen anything like that? If you haven't, good. Good for you. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of, of misinterpretation and confusion out there that, that, really, uh, uh, that really is unfortunate. But on the other side, something I, I kept trying to wrestle through this here is that uh, if this is something we see in Scripture, if this is something that James tells the, the people that he's writing to, says, hey, you need to do this, then that's a pretty good indicator for us as being people of God and people of Scripture that, that this is something that we should wrestle with and figure out how this fits. Okay, so let me walk through some of this here. Anointing is, and here's the one word that is, that is used for anointing. This is a word that's usually used in Scripture, hero. That's where the word Christo comes from, anointed one. And so what it means is a pouring of oil on the head to show special favor and blessings from God. And when you look through Scripture, you see that over and over again throughout the Old Testament. Whenever uh, priests were were anointed, kings were anointed, prophets oftentimes were anointed. And the idea is it was was a demonstration to show God is is bestowing special favor on this individual in some form or fashion. Uh, Depending on the context, that was was what, uh, what anointing was all about. The term that is used here in James is alepho, which is, uh, and, and understand, we can really uh, confuse ourselves by, by getting into the, some of the original language too much. Anyway, that's a, a soapbox I'll get on another time. But what this, the term used here was oftentimes used to mean to rub or to apply. It was used as someone who was, uh, was a physical therapist at the gym was called by this name, someone who, is, who, is, who rubs. And so there is a... How many of you like essential oils or use essential oils? Okay, some of you. That's something that's been rediscovered. Those have been around a long time, and the Romans used those essential oils and used them to great success. And, and so what would happen is people would, would go and visit one of these alefos, and they would rub this essential oil into their muscles in order to try to heal. That was the idea. That was the purpose. And so understand what James is saying here. He is not saying what you need to do is, if you get sick, call the elders, have them pour some oil on you, and then do not seek medical attention. Okay, That's totally missing the point here of everything that James is saying. 
But what I see here in, in the message of James and as he is writing is, and let me, let me read this a little, a little clearer here, is that oil symbolizes the blessing and healing that comes from God ultimately. And we see that in this passage here, is that it is part symbol. Let me say it differently. As we approach God for healing, we can approach God through prayer and through anointing, which is, is part symbol, but also part medical. It's a way of that Christians can say, we want not only my healing to be, uh, to be medical, but I want the elders of the church and the church to be involved in this healing process with me as well. And this is not just a, uh, it's not just I go to the doctor and then I don't have, it's not just a, there's a physical side to the healing and a medical side, but there's a spiritual side that I want brought into this as well. Thought and pondered and, and prayed over this this week. Um, this oil symbolizes the blessing and healing from God. And there's, there's part of us maybe that can, because it is a symbol, we can dismiss it very quickly. But I, I recommend that we, we be careful about that because there's several other symbols that we find in Scripture that we use that are, that are very important. The Lord's Supper, as God called us to do that. And, uh, and we just took the Lord's Supper. We participated in that because it's a symbol of the blood and body of Jesus. And we take it until he returns. And that is, um, uh, if, if someone came and said, we're going to take the Lord's Supper away, I would kick and scream and throw a full-on hissy fit. Um, I'm, not, I'm not okay with that. Because that's something that is, that is a symbol, but it's much, much more than a symbol for, for what we see in Scripture. The same is true as baptism. It is a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection that we come into the, the blessings of God. But it's much, much more than a symbol when we participate in baptism. And all of us who have made that decision to follow Christ, we can look back and say our life changed at that point. We came, went from darkness to light and everything changed. And so the conversation that the elders had with me earlier this week, they said, here's the deal. We've talked with um, Mike Spaldi. is a, um, a young man. Everybody who's younger than me I call a young person, okay? There we are. Is a, a young man that's a part of the church here um, that has... Uh, that has been diagnosed with cancer and has suffered with the treatments over the last few years. been a really tough situation for he and his family. He's got a wonderful wife, Maggie, and uh, two wonderful boys, Garrett and Christopher. And so the elders approached Mike and said, we know that you're going in for another surgery here in the next little bit. And what can we do for you? Let's, can we we want to pray for you. We see in James this, this anointing. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think? Can we, can we do that? And Mike and Maggie prayed about it, talked with the elders and said, look, here's the deal. We'd love for, we'd love for the elders to, to do that. But this church has been a part of our healing process throughout the beginning. And this is, we don't know what we could have done without the church. This has been huge for us. And we felt through this whole process we've never walked alone because the church has walked beside us through all of it. And is it possible that the elders could pray, anoint Mike, at the end of assembly? And the elders said, well, let's pray about that. Let's think about that. And said, yeah, let's do that. And so that's a, when, when I give the invitation here, Mike and Maggie and the boys are going to come forward and the elders are going to pray and, and give an anointing here. And this invitation in the future going forward is that if you find yourself in a situation where you're sick and medicine just does not seem to cut it, um, you are more than welcome, as the elders have instructed me to say, to contact them and say, would you come over? Would you, 
would you anoint me? And I just want somehow God's presence and God's symbol to be a part of my healing process. And so that's, 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 a, that's what we see in Scripture. And so the elders want to uh, extend that uh, to, to the rest of the church as we go forward in the future. If you would like uh, prayers of the church or you would like to, to, um, to become a Christian today, you're welcome to come forward. Let's stand and sing. There's also people that are waiting in the back to pray with you as well.